Hello and welcome to episode 7 from series 2 of George and Charlie Off the Bridle. It's a big week for racing as racegoers return trackside and it's a big week for Messrs Scott and Fellows as we're about to discover. I'm Tony Rushmer, and for the first time this year, George Scott, Charlie Fellows and I are recording an episode in person rather than via Zoom. In fact, our podcast, sponsored by Fitstairs Bookmakers, is in situ at George's Eve Lodge Stables on the Hamilton Road in Newmarket. How nice it is then that we are all together again, chaps. Yeah, of course. Um, Obviously, don't need to go into too much detail about the circumstances that we've all found ourselves in over the last few months, but um, it's nice to see everyone face to face. We're actually sat out in the covered ride here on a couple of picnic benches, so we're social distancing. But um, a, beaut- a beautifully harrowed covered ride, if I may say so as well. Yeah, well, the, tr- the, the tractor wasn't cheap, yeah, um, <laughs> and gets plenty of use. Well, but um, with with the with the, I mean, it's the perfect day, really. We've had a dry, dryish summer, and then plenty of rain, and then some warm weather, and everything looks in full bloom excellent well let's briefly look back before we look forward charlie can i start with you prince of aaron found in abel in her imperious best form at kempton on saturday two things did you enjoy albeit vicariously being a side player in the enable story last weekend and secondly that looked ideal in terms of getting him ready for the melbourne cup again albeit logistical hurdles to clear. What are your take on last Saturday and looking forward with your horse? Uh, I thought it was a very interesting afternoon. Uh, it was great to be part of. Um, there was a, you know, a lot of media there, as one would expect. And it was lovely to be part of what surely will be Enable's final race in England. Um, and, you know, she was, she was good. I'm not sure I would be quaking in my boots if I was a trainer of love or someone else who was well fancied in the arc. Uh, I thought she did it nicely. Um, well, I suppose I would, without taking anything away from her, is that Prince Fran was very much not uh, the finished article. He was quite unfit, fit, actually unfitter than I intended to send him there. Um, he had a holiday after Asker, and I probably brought him back in a week late than I should have done. And um, he just looked a bit ring rusty, but I really liked the way he hit the line. And it was, yeah, it was a perfect race. He loves Kempton and it was a nice prep for, um, for the Melbourne Cup, which he'll now go into quarantine next week and fly down end of September. Weights came out for the Melbourne Cup today. And yeah, what did you make of those? I thought they were very interesting. I think it doesn't it be it all revolves around Aiden it all revolves around Aiden and Joseph whatever they send down will be will be very interesting um I thought well for once I don't have to worry about going to Australia and winning a race we can put our feet up and know that we're in the race whatever so that's that's a big plus um will you still use one of those races as a platform into the run well I, I probably will it sounds like the Caulfield Cup is going to be very weak this year and it's a $5 million race. So I think we'd probably be mad not to look at the Caulfield Cup. He's run there twice, both times. He's not in the Caulfield Cup, but in the Herbert Power. Has always been his first start there and he's finished second and third. Yeah. Admittedly in a 
quite a you know a weaker race, although the winner's always gone on to run well in the Caulfield Cup. Um, but I think we'd be mad not to. Sure. I actually asked the guys. <laughs> I was trying to. They wanted to. Um, Paul Bloodworth, who works for Racing Victoria and organises the internationals, was asking this morning whether I'd decided what prep run I was going to run in. I said, not really. I was thinking either Geelong Cup or Caulfield Cup. He's like, by the way, the Caulfield Cup's going to be really weak. I was like, okay, well, what's the sort of difference in prize money between the Caulfield Cup and the Geelong Cup? And he was like, well, you first five places you would get sort of what you'd win if you won the Geelong Cup. Yeah, so, so I mean, it's a proven you, route an into your into your Melbourne Cup is to have a prep run, isn't it? You yeah, know, it's well, although oh, definitely, he's got to have a prep run. He's seven years old now. You know, he takes quite a lot of getting fit. I can't get him fit properly at home. Um, whether it'll be a disadvantage, not normally we've had two runs and then into the Melbourne Cup, which this year we can't do because there's not enough time. So whether that's going to be a disadvantage, I don't know. Um, we'll probably do a bit more work with him between now and then. So. An away day, maybe? Another away day? No, because I don't have enough time. No. He goes into quarantine middle of next week, and that would oh, be too do. soon to, yeah. to send him away. So. God, it's come round quick. Yeah. Are there any, you know, is there any paperwork, logistical hurdles, et cetera, to go through? Or is it going to be plain sailing, actually, in this era that we're in, to actually take a horse internationally to the other side of the world and race him? Uh, so it depends who you ask. For me, it's been absolutely plain sailing. For my secretary, I think it's been an absolute <laughs> nightmare. Um, let put it this way, Allard Beach is going down there to fly down to do two weeks quarantine in a hotel before the horse gets there. That's your groom. That's the groom. He has to fly by Saturday this week. He still doesn't know when he's flying, what day he's flying. He has not, they do not know what hotel he's staying in at the other end. They have not disclosed any of this information. Why? Uh, they, they probably don't know themselves because I think at the moment Australia are taking in, I want to say 400 people a, a day, but I'm not sure about that, yeah. of which quite a few have to quarantine. And so they're then, as they come in, they're then assigned a certain hotel. So we don't know. We have right. no idea what he's doing. He then, from Sydney, after he's finished his quarantine, he gets chauffeur-driven because they won't allow him on a plane or anything like that. Chauffeur-driven from Sydney down to Werribee. How long does that take? A long time. Does it? Yeah. Uh, and then he'll meet the horse off the other end when the horse flies out. So it has been major, major from loads of people. My secretary, poor girl. I, Gemma. I, yeah, I haven't even asked how much, she's, but I guarantee it'd be a lot. And the guys all at Racing Victoria and IRT and Jana, who are Jana mainly, who have been sorting everything out. The shipping. Yeah. Mm, sounds like a lot on everyone's plate apart from yours there. Um, but moving on, we've talked about one evergreen horse, another oh, veteran status, I'd say. George, let's talk about one of yours who I cheered home, Jack the Truth. He won at Chelmsford last week. And what a star he's been for you. I, I sort of checked up and that was his seventh career win. I bet you wish you had a barn full of horses like good old Jack, don't you? Yeah, no, he has been a wonderful servant to the yard. He was the first horse, first yearling I ever purchased under my own name. So it's nice for him to keep coming back and re rewarding his his very enthusiastic owner, Jack Stevenson, who's also a great, great friend and a great supporter of, of the yard. He has other horses. Um, you know, he's one of those horses when he's right, he's very, very effective at, at, his, at his level. But like many older sprinters, it's a matter of catching him right. And um, it was funny because I, I half fancied him and I messaged Jack saying, just have a few quid each way on him. 
Anyway, he was 20 to 1 about 10 minutes before. And um, he went off. He went off. He just went off ten to one. So I don't, I'm not sure because Jack wouldn't be a big, big punter. I I'm not sure quite who latched on. But yeah, no. Look, those horses. You know, obviously on a completely different level to the likes of Prince of Aaron. But those horses become such firm favourites of everyone's. And it's nice when an owner gives them an opportunity to stay and race because yeah. quite often once the dream is gone, then you know they're in the departure lounge. So it's it's nice to. Nice to have him. I didn't realise he was the first horse you bought. Yeah, he was. I met the owner in a bar at Chester before I started training and had a good chat with him. He said, well, go and buy me a yearling. So, um, yeah, he had a few issues early on as a young horse. And to say, like, on his day, he's a pretty handy. I mean, he's won at Newmarket and Newbury, and, but he's definitely more effective on the all-weather these days. Any horse that wins seven times, though, I mean, yeah, asking you, Charlie, you have to take your, got, your hat off to I've it. got Mayfair Spirit going for win number seven tomorrow. They're great, yeah. aren't they? Yeah, yeah, horses. they're amazing. You love them. Especially when they're owned by good people. Yeah, yeah exactly. Who appreciate it, you yeah. know, and that, that's what it's all about, so... Yeah. No, it's nice. Excellent. Well, just a quick aside from the horses. The last time we spoke, I know you guys were getting back into your five-a-side football. Has that actually happened? And are the tackles flying in, or is it a little bit more leisurely as we uh, get a little bit older? We played We played one game about three weeks ago, and then we had Donny Sales, and then these guys are playing tonight, but I've actually ducked out. It doesn't I actually, need many excuses. I would love to. No, you know what? I would actually love to play, but I've got... I'm looking around tonight and then I have been told rather uh, insistently by my darling wife that I've then got to go to the supermarket to do the, uh, to do the food shop because uh, she doesn't have time because she's now walking the dog and then she's got to do bath time and so you know how it is. So I'm a, I have not, I'm not playing football tonight. Sadly, he turned up in a very very tight t-shirt, which I think was probably it said "Vote Jacko" on it. Vote Jacko is that from the? <laughs> it was when Jacko Fanshawe was running for to get on the town council or something like that, and I was James Fanshawe's long-suffering assistant, and uh, and um, we all got we all got made to go and canvas for her made to. And I did it with huge enthusiasm, and obviously. I was a, for it and yeah. What was your form like on the uh, five-a-side pitch? I mean, I'm I'm one to try and get in people's heads, so I talk a lot. Um, wasn't your, too bad. Your I, apprentice Alex was quite. Is it Alex? Yeah, yeah. Alex he's sharp. He played for Norwich Kids, I think. Did he? Yeah, he's quite so sharp. He's quite he was yeah. quite good. Yeah. You interesting that I we should have noted that when you picked him on your team. Yeah, I do the teams as yeah. well. <laughs> so you won. Yeah, we won quite comfortably. <laughs> to hear about Scott winning and fellows losing. Excellent. That's the last couple of weeks or so dealt with. Now let's focus on the future. Boys, you've both got a pretty big week coming up, haven't you? George, I'll come to you first. Great Vibes is declared to run in the Group 2 Mayhill Stakes at Donny this Thursday. How competitive can she be on this step up in grade and trip? Yeah, I mean, it, we'll, we'll see. I mean, it's firstly, it's just nice to be taking a, taking a horse into a, into, a nice, into a big race. We've just struggled for quality over the last year or two. So, um, you know, it it's, um, probably speaks volumes that I'm prepared to run her in a race of that nature. Um, she's just a filly that's improving run. I've always liked her, but she's taken big steps forward on all of her three starts. And, uh, you know, she's got a lovely pedigree. She's by showcasing, can really do nothing wrong. And obviously a half-sister to James Garfield, who, um, you know, we've talked about, we've well-documented. Endlessly. So, endlessly documented. You know, uh, 
I think I think like there's no there's certainly not it's certainly not the right word to describe the race as weak, but for a group two to have two kind of maiden winners as the first two in the market, you know, it probably at this stage lacks depth if you compare it to say the champagne stakes on Saturday, the two year old Colts. Yeah. Um, you know, we'll be about a 10, 12 to one shot. And, you know, uh, as I say, her train, she's trained really nicely into the race and she's, she looks like a quality filly when she stood up and her work is, her work is solid. So um, we'll Roll see how dice. she gets on. Yeah, definitely. I think she'll get the mile, no problem. And, you know, she's got an amazing attitude. She tries hard. So we're looking forward to being a part of a race like that. It's just something that we haven't been doing recently, but, um. Yeah, well, we'll let's, see. Hope, let's hope you get a piece of it. Charlie, you've also got horses entered, declared in group races, etc. at Donny. In fact, you've got a bit of a team for Townmore this week, haven't you? Yeah, it's a track that I do a bit like Ascot. I target because my horses tend to run quite well there. And we've got a nice team going there. Um, quite a big week, actually. Uh, Anassis runs in the Sceptre tomorrow. She, I think, will really, really like the drop back to seven. She's very quick. And we've felt for a while, especially since Ryan Moore rode her at Epsom, he said you could easily drop back to seven. And um, she then went and won over a mile round a bend in France on very quick ground where it turns into more of a sprint out there. And then we ran back here over a mile at Sandown and... She didn't have the smoothest lead up into the race and then we got drawn way out wide and we dropped her in and I said to Hayley, look, if it's not working, if it's not you know, going to get in the top three, do not, whatever you do, give her a hard race because there's a race at Donny which is absolutely tailor-made and if she just comes and has a race course gallop around Sandown then, and so be it, which is the way it panned out. It's a slowly so they race. They walked. The winner, the winner got a lovely ride off the front. Yeah, of Crisford's and nothing got into it and it was, which is actually, I was as far as being beaten is concerned, I was over the moon. It's just like, she's not had a hard race. I can go to Donnie with a relatively fresh horse and yeah. it won't have taken anything out of her. So um, she's good. She's drawn one. Don't know how good that is. Um, so way chance. Stools are over on the sand side, but I'd yeah, be really so She drops in anyway, She drops she? in. How big's the field? 15. It's quite so. an open race, isn't it? Yeah. Cloak of Spirits, Hannon's is very good. Yeah. But there'll be, with 15 in it, something will go it's on. Got to there go should a be a good end to end gallop, which will suit pace. you. Should be. So that's good. And then exciting. And Mayfair Spirit runs in a nice mile and a quarter race tomorrow. He will love the track. We'll ride impatiently. I, I think it's, it some tells me that it's the hardest place to make all Donny, um, stats well, wise. Stiff, isn't it? Yeah. So, uh, again, another reason why my horses seem to run well there. And then Thursday, Philly called Dubious Affair runs in the Park Hill. She was a really, really good second at Newmarket to uh, withhold. Yeah. And um, on ground that was rattling quick and she hated. And they went, they went very quick and he actually broke the track record. Um, and she would have hated Newmarket, but it was a very easy opportunity to get black type and she got very well bred. So she got a black type then. We've then, this has been the target ever since then. We freshened her up. She will love the track. She's won round the track. Um, and, uh, it's a, it's a decent race, but it's not a, it's not a ridiculous race. Um, if she could finish in the first three, that would be, we'd be very happy. And then Chief of Chiefs runs in a nice handicap on Friday. If he were to win there, 
we're going to throw him, dump him right in so at the deep had an end. Saw in the Champions spread. Well, he loves he loves Asker. Saw that this morning. Actually, loves yeah. soft ground. Loves Asker. It's such a specialist track. He's very fresh. He's been kept fresh this year, and we just thought, do you know what? Let's see how we go at Donny. And if he, you know, he loves the track, we might just dump him in and see how we get along. It's one of those things. You, yeah, if it came up very soft, he could easily, easily run a big race. Why is it, boys, that sometimes sprint handicappers progress and suddenly are group horses? What? Why is it that, you know, they suddenly out of nowhere from competing in the Wokingham, they're suddenly group there's one not, contenders? I don't think there's a huge difference between the two. You know, you think winning the Wokingham, you've got to be a group horse really to win the Wokingham. Um, and so the, the step up is never normally that massive i actually annoyingly you look at the, it looks like it's a particularly quite a strong well, dream race of dreams will go there dream of dreams will go there who as long as he hasn't sort of slightly lost his Come form and he's yeah. you know run two big races and obviously big race at ascot as well you know maybe he's coming to the end of a long year that's what we'll be hoping mm. is that a few of these sprinters that have been on the go for a while are coming to the end of a long year and yeah. they might just be tailing off whereas my fella has been in a paddock had a little break come back for this as a warm-up race and then he'll go to champions day that's our plan um so we'll see would be exciting if he could if he could go and win he'll love donny and then Saturday, oh, big old retrieval mission, trying to get King Ottica to show me his true form. Crikey. I know. That is, he, yeah, has has he given you sleep this night? Or had you scratched He's just making me look like a complete idiot at the moment because I keep on telling everyone what a good horse he is. Uh, and he keeps on making me look like a dick on the track, which is <laughs> the really annoying. be quite fast by Saturday. Might be, in which case we probably wouldn't run. Although it'll be, it'll be a, like, I know it's yeah. the end of quite a long meeting, but it'll still be beautiful ground, yeah. I think. It'll just be Should nice. Be. I mean, What's the ground now? Good to soft. Good, it'll be good ground places. tomorrow. Be good, good ground good tomorrow. Places. I've got a runner tomorrow, actually, at Doncaster and a sprint handicap, actually. It should, should run well. I was going to ask you, George, um, you've got plenty of other intended runners this week dotted about. Um, what do you want to tell us about? What, um, what, which horses do you want to find I, I suppose the sneaky horse maybe tomorrow, you know, on Wednesday is, um, is a two-year-old at at uh, Wolverhampton, Nona Never horse who ran okay first time out. He looks like he's come forward, and Nona Never's got a good record on that surface, so be one to keep an eye on. But yeah, I mean bits, bits, bits and bobs. Yeah, we've got a few chances, so we'll see how we go. Try and find something somewhere, hopefully. Yeah, well, I'm looking forward to the filly, obviously. That's I just, I just think she's definitely well worth a well worth a chance. Okay, well, while we're on the subject of Doncaster. Um, let's just address the return of race goes to the track. Um, I suppose it's great, isn't it, to, to have fans of the sport back in race courses and offering atmosphere, uh, especially at a place like Townmore, where there's always a real good vibe, especially around the, the Ledger Festival. It's one of those courses where festivals really, you know, you get that warmth, that crackle of, of a big race meeting. I think, uh, George, I'm sure would agree, but it's been really, really strange going racing for since you know we were released from lockdown with no crowds there there's no atmosphere especially on the big days even you know watching enable last weekend normally there'd be a massive crowd to see her on her last and there'd be a big you know round of applause as she saunters up the straight yeah just, uh, just on that I, I really enjoyed that photo of frankie bowing to her yeah. it was a lovely photo yeah. actually 
Yeah. I didn't see that. Where was he, that? When he got off her, he took his hat off and then he he bowed down to really? that. He knelt, he knelt down to her and like put his hat out. It's a really nice picture. I said he, he said to me a bit cheesy there. He said, yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> but as you alluded to, that would be one such occasion where she'd get the old, yeah. maybe the double yeah, walk around the parade yeah. ring after the race because it's her last race, and presumably. Not, not to have any country. of that is very sad. But it's good. This is a step in the right yeah. direction. I still think that we need to be focusing on owners and making the owners' experiences as improved as possible. Um, it's that, hard, isn't it? Because those the owners are you know are going to the races and for whatever reason, I, I, what is the reason why we're not able to like stand with the owners and have a drink with them? It just I just don't understand. I mean, obviously there it's is a, a reason to do with the bubble, isn't it? The trainers' bubble that you have to do when you fill out the yeah. form and you do all that, and obviously they're doing everything they think that they should be doing. Um, but I know that the owners were getting more and more and more frustrated at the situation. And they, you know, it's been bad enough that prize money has been hit so badly. The fact that going to the races is so unenjoyable. And literally you cannot, we can't, we can't go anywhere. You, you know, you can get to a two meter. There are places where there are rails separated by two meters where you can speak across the rail and that's it. Nothing and, else. Yeah. I, I, for a drink. Not with no, the owners, you can't no. have a drink. With the no. it, it, it's I I feel like it's been you know what's been slightly disappointing and is the is how sort of well documented um the how well documented a lot of negative press has been towards the game and how one sided it's been. You know, we've had sadly we've had a string of 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 big owners, you know, quite rightly express their dismay as to what's going on and the, the 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 you know the disappointment they felt towards prize money and where the game's going but we've we've had very few people sort of put their head above the parapet and try and and try and um you know promote promote the sport and i think we've just taken such a kicking haven't we over the last six months i mean my old friend charlie austin was was um fairly fairly chatty and and in an in in, in in an interview and i thought it was slightly one-sided in his arguments considering i know how much he loves the game and how much how much interest he gets from it but well, he was a bit down about the whole thing well he was even why he was he was incredibly critical and which you know again I, i'm i'm i can understand but i just felt like it's probably time that some someone tries to sort of step up and and you know and champion what we all love about this sport you know yeah, I mean, it's a difficult one, isn't it? Because then you're sort of, you know, then, then people will start accusing you of painting over the cracks and sugarcoating a, a situation that really is pretty unacceptable at the moment. What is the light of the, at the end of the tunnel? I mean, I had a st statistic there off one of the, um, off another trainer that 0.6% of the turnover per race comes back into the game, which is just unbelievable, isn't it? 0.6 of the betting turnover created by each race is returned back into the sport. The only way is by having a government that is very pro-racing and by having them on side and by building bridges with the government who then can look at the levy and reform the levy appropriately so that all the stuff that goes offshore, uh, all the money that goes to Gibraltar or wherever it goes is not lost to Gibraltar or not, you know, and is so comes back, back into yeah. British racing. And we need a strong tote as well. It's another big, it's yeah. another big opportunity. And great group of guys have taken over the tote and are trying to rebuild it and are trying to do their best and i think every horseman um wants to hope that that is a success as well there are chinks of light but it's going to be a long journey before we sign off 
on Doncaster. Uh, it is the final classic of the year on Saturday. Uh, I'm in the pile driver camp because I like a good story and I liked watching William Muir celebrate after the Voltageur at York. But who do you guys fancy for the staying crown for the three-year-old generation? Do you know who I actually quite, I mean, look, so, uh, uh, away from pile driver and Santiago, who was, you know, come with a set an obvious standard, I actually really like English King of Walkers. Do you know, because I think he hasn't handled the track on his, basically when he won at Lingfield, he kind of got a, got away with it. He then didn't handle Epsom. It was a mess. And then he just, he just didn't go a yard at Goodwood. No. I just think if he is the horse that they all hope he is and, and have made out him to be, I think the extra distance, the, the, the track at Doncaster, could, I could see him really traveling strongly into the race anyway. I think he won a really weak Lingfield Derby trial, I think, it, and it's set up for him as well by my horse, who went just flat out. It'd be great if Pile Driver won. Yeah, William Muir, I, I share some owners with Willie, and he is such a nice guy. And for us, it, it, for him, it's huge, and it's an amazing story about the what was it, yeah, Grand no Horse, doubt. or what? It, yeah. What did he cost? You know unsold who has gone on to be and slayed everyone at Royal Alaska and is now favourite uh, those stories are good for the sport aren't they it'd be a great yeah, result it, it, it would be very good for the sport uh, there's been some money I think for Joseph O'Brien's horse Galileo Chrome yeah. the uh, the other horse I'd love to see do well is um, is Hookham of, uh, Owen. of Owen Burroughs Owen is a lovely guy he had a bit of a quiet start I think to his um to his tenure as sort of Hamdan's retained trainer down in Lambourne. But this year has been remarkable and he's suddenly exploded and he's obviously got Minzal, who looks like an absolute monster. Uh, and uh, I was really impressed with this horse. I was at Newbury when he won and he's a seriously good looking horse. And I thought he was very impressive that day. And they said straight afterwards, St. Ledger. And I just, I think he's going to have a massive chance. It's a very, very good St. Ledger this year. You know, sometimes it can lack, lack for depth, but it doesn't this year. And it doesn't lack for a story either. So I'm looking, looking forward to it immensely. Yeah. Likewise, Doncaster, always a special week. Final section of the podcast, and we'll turn our attention to the sales circuit. We had Doncaster last week, and we saw an understandable dip in turnover, average and medium price. Next month or so, we'll see you both busy at a succession of yearling sales. What are you expecting and hoping? Um, how are you th imagining things will play out? And hey, is there a real opportunity here for owners to buy nice horses, maybe even with a page to their name, at value prices? Charlie? It's been, a, it's been a very interesting sales session so far. It's only just started. Doncaster was rife with rumours that uh, Angus Gold, who was a previous guest of ours, uh, was not going to be buying horses. And Doncaster, they, Sheikh Hamdan has year in, year out, been top, top buyer there. And that was how it played out. And, and as a result, the market was down significantly, I think, I think the vendors were happy. The clearance rate was was very high. I think vendors uh, very much lowered their sights. Um, I think it was a bit of a recheck. I think maybe things had got slightly ridiculous over the last few years, and this was more realistic. I thought there were nice horses, and you could definitely, definitely buy a decent horse at a nice price if you had orders, or you know if you were feeling brave. I. 
had a look at a lot of horses, liked quite a few. One I absolutely loved and therefore was the only one I really got serious on and I ended up underbidding it to Carl Burke. And I'll in, I really enjoy watching him train that well because he probably will train it very well, which is really irritating. Uh, it was a profitable cult. Okay, yeah. Um, what did he make? 58. I went to 56 on, on spec. spec. Yeah, wow. yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I've actually... Yeah. I've um, it's great vibes. We're in the middle of recording here, and we've now actually to come and make an appearance. Been joined by after we've <laughs> been speaking about her so far. It's great vibes. She's walking across the uh, indoor, indoor ride. ride. She's going she's, for a pick of grass. She's going for a pick, or she's just been? No, she's been on the walker, and okay. she's now going for a pick. So she gets special treatment. Yeah, Charlie, what's your take on uh, George's star two-year-old filly? She looks well. Well, hold on. I can't really see. I'm only head on at the moment. I could be really critical in a minute. <laughs> oh, God. We were running that in a group too. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> she looks great. She's gorgeous, isn't she? She's very relaxed. Looks a picture in her coat. She's nice and tall, isn't she? Like yep. She's scopey filly. Looks like she'll get the mile. Anyway, we're going back to the sales. I, you know, I've made a I agree with Charlie. This is without question. There's some value in the sale. I actually bought a Ulysses Cole, which is um, with a page, as you said from Doncaster which wasn't an obvious choice for the horse to be on in spec? On no spec? I, I actually no he sold he was half on spec and I managed to sell him but um, you know he was he what was did you pay 20 okay but I think that's where the value might lie Charlie and, and you know those types of horses horses you like to buy horses that are going to take a bit more time and people that would normally have the money to give them a bit more time. Is might this Ulysses' just... first yearlings? It is, is it? Yeah. You, So which are the first season size? And you've mentioned Ulysses yeah, there. Mentioned profitable. Churchill, Profitable. I, was, I, was, I, th I liked a lot of the Profitables. Uh, I saw ch a Churchill or two. Uh, I bought an Ardad. I bought one of those for 12 grand yesterday. yesterday. Ask it. Okay. Ask it. I just sat, I just don't want to sit at Christmas eating my turkey <laughs> with a hundred grand of spec horses around my neck this year. Not this year. I just don't fancy it Can't at all. Do that. And no. I've done that for the last couple of years. Sounds like pressure. You always take the piss out of me because, you know, I always get a bit uh, buzzy at the, that Donny, don't I? And buy four or five. Oh, you're, and you always... you're a lot more, you're a lot more forthright than I am. You're, you're, you're a lot braver. He's, but he's strapped a pair on the last couple of years. Every though. now and again, if I really fall for a horse, I will, I will sort of get blind red mist and I'll just go in there. Yes, and me again. Well, I'm you bought a nice horse bidding. doing that when I was stood with you. What was that? The horse um, at Ascot. Oh, Isn't Deputy. That? Yeah, yeah, yeah Deputy. that is a nice horse, yeah. Uh, talking about value, it has to be said that both your equine namesakes are giving the off-the-bridle syndicate members real decent value for money. Two hardy types. Charlie Fellows has run six times and finished well, in the first three on the last four occasions. And George Scott has shown a good level of promise on both of his starts today. Are you boys still pleased with the way the podcast syndicate is, has, has unfolded? Yeah, I couldn't be more pleased, to be honest, apart from the fact I can't get the wretched thing to win. <laughs> but other than that, yeah, we bought two very cheap horses in the scheme of things. And, you know, as you say, um, Charlie Fellows has been second on his last three starts, looks very competitive, actually probably looks like he's got a race of a slightly higher grade in him, should everything pan yeah pan out for him plan? have you got a plan not really you know he came back he lost his shoe in the race and he came back a little sore so it just just took it a few days to uh, get over that so what, i was I gonna say that in. what about that 
but he's mad fresh. Is he? Oh, he loves racing this horse. I mean, I know Charlie, oh, I'll stop running him, but I'm going to run him and run him and run him. And I've said from actually almost day one. What about one, Yarmouth in a couple of weeks, in, in 10 days' time? Or is that 75 too soon? there, is there? Yeah. Yeah, I thought it might just come in neck too soon, but yeah. I quite like to win a bloody auction race with him first, you know, because then you get two bites of the cherry. Do you know what I mean? At a track where you can ride him a bit yeah, more. Ride him chill chilly, yeah. I saw George Scott run and, and he, I, didn't, I thought that was a tactical race. I thought they, you know, everything that was favoured that went on, it was just muddling pace early mess. on. Complete mess. mess. Yeah. And you never landed mess. a blow. He was, Haley was actually a bit annoyed with range. herself. I she mentioned that to I know, you. I didn't realise that. And she came up to just me, she, she sidled up to me before she was riding the second one. And she's like, by the way, just before anyone else tells you, um, I dropped my reins on George Scott as well. And I was like, oh, I actually hadn't seen that. But some, about three people have called me about it already. So... Uh, I did know. Um, it not that just it made any difference. It, not that it made any difference. It just was a messy race. They went no pace. He he, she was annoyed with herself. Haley was because he jumped well, and as we've proven this year, Ascot normally nine times out of ten you get an honest gallop, and it tends to pay to be held up. But often in these little novice races where a lot of them are running first or second time out, they can go cool. very steady and nothing can get into it. And he pinged the gates and she she had every opportunity to go and sit right up with the leader. Yeah. And I think she just decided to take a pull and let one give her a lead. And I think if she rode the race again, she'd just let him roll on. Um, Has he been given a mark off that? Though? Yeah, 74. Is that workable? Or yeah, yeah, keep... very workable. Uh, he, this... So we're now caught in a bit of a, in a, in sort of a, between a rock and a hard place because he's in a very, very valuable sales race here for horses that were bought at book three. It's worth a lot of money. It's over six furlongs, which is short of his best trip. But he, the softer, the better. And if it came up really testing, he would go in there with a massive shout because he will love it. The soft, he's got quite a nice round action and any cut in the ground would be a big plus. I think we're going to aim at that and I'll only run in it if the ground is probably soft. If it's any better than that, he, he's not got the speed for the race and it just would it'd be a waste of time and we can look at something over yeah. seven or a mile. But he's a really good looking horse and he's improving with his racing as a lot of mine do and I couldn't have been happier so far. I just wish they'd gone a better gallop the other day and I think he would have gone quite close. So what do you do with these two horses that are, you know, they're, they're quite nice horses, aren't they? Competitive types in their grade and giving real value to syndicate members. What's the plan with them? Well, we've been discussing it sort of briefly for the last couple of weeks. You know, we, I think we're going to, we've entered them in the horses and training cell and we're just going to see how the rest of the season plays out. It's an idea which, which obviously was, was, was a brainchild of this podcast and it's been great fun. So I think we both agree that we'd like to buy, we'd like to buy a couple more horses, but, um, you know, we'll just see what, and the nice thing about them is that they, they're both good looking horses, both very sound horses and both have pro progressive profiles. So they'll, they'll make their money at the sales. Um, you know, provided they turn up there in, in a similar vein of form, effectively. I think we'll just make the decision in about a month, month six weeks' time, That's closer nice. to the sales, speak to the owners, see what they want to do, try and canvas opinion on whether they want to go again, uh, put a bit more money in and, and have another go next year, or, or send them to the sales and see what they make. I mean, I think both of them would make a fairly decent price at the sales because they're two years old. 
um, and they both got decent levels of form. Um, but at the same time, if the owners are enjoying it, we're enjoying it. I don't see, you know, if they can do well at three, they'd be just as valuable at the end of their three-year-old year as well. So, you know, a lot of options. And if we could go and win a little race or two between now and then, that would... Yeah, they're, probably both both worth, they're probably both 30 grand horses at the moment. I'd say, your, I'd say your possibly horse a bit be more. Worth a bit more. I'd say probably a bit more. Okay, well, we've talked, this time of year is, there's a lot of racing, there's the sales, and normally there would be the New Market Open Weekend, which you are the chairman, is that right, of the New I Market mean, the Open Weekend? I Tony, I get from Tony from you are such a professional. I cannot believe the way you linked that in beautifully. We've only just talked about mentioning the New Market Open Weekend, and you've just shown why you are the you glue so that holds money. this all together. That was Excellent, Charlie. Um, the uh, open weekend. <laughs> um, yeah, what's going on? Because we've so done our. We've done so the Newmarket Open Weekend sadly isn't happening this year. What we're doing is we're doing a virtual open weekend, which Ollie Bell is doing today. He's oh, right. been round all the yards. I believe a birdie told me he slept in on the first yard he was meant to get to, <laughs> which did not go down well. Um, so Ollie's been around. He's been around William Haggis's yard, James Fanshawe's yard, uh, John Ryan, Amy Murphy, James Ferguson. Great. Uh, a real mixture, some big, some small. Yeah. Um, trainers who traditionally have uh, who have um, supported the open weekend as well and what we're going to do is we're going to do it all virtually it's going to be online and we're just going to ask you know encourage people to do donate money if they've enjoyed the content George and I did a sort of yard swap like a bit like wife swap except <laughs> except on except on yards so George gave me a tour of his yard it was more like MTV Cribs it was yeah that's exactly what it was it was MTV Cribs uh and um and then he came to Bedford House and uh it was actually I th we haven't seen the footage yet but I felt like it was quite amusing it was it was good we sort of took them in a bit like this a bit like our podcast but it was yeah but we, with, we with it visuals as well um, how can we access this or what, what what's the avenue that listeners can access this so it'll be on the new market open weekend website it'll be pushed by all of our social media channels and and um twitter and instagram and all that and i think uh racing tv is going to promote it as well so there'll be plenty of ways but it, all the content will be on the new new market open weekend we're doing uh there's a comment commentary um competition so like the furlong factor that was brilliant and raised so much money we're doing a sort of commentary um competition i've gone in for that that sounds like a lot of fun are you uh, having a crack it closes today and i just i have not had time to do it i would i would love to have done it i've done it twice before yeah it's really hard um but i just haven't had a chance to do it um uh but that's so that's going on and the winner's going to be able to commentate on a race yeah. live and stuff like that and there's the hacks class i think is happening tomorrow they did the jockey show jumping as well that happened a couple of weeks ago um, and the, all the content will be online and after it would you know we just hope that people will donate money i was uh, going to say who i mean this this is to raise funds for uh, charities connected to our sport in general uh, how is that going to happen this year obviously in the past it's been ticket based and that's how money's funds have been raised is it just going to be purely on your asking you're relying on people's good nature um, to, to, to make a donation here. That's, that's yeah, that's what we're hoping. Um, racing welfare, 
the British Racing School and um, and the racing centre in town, and they will be they will be the ones that benefit from it. Obviously, it's all in the name of Sir Henry Cecil, so um, supported by his owners, and we just hope that people will go on they'll enjoy all the content that they watch hopefully we've got some great content and, and as a result they'll donate uh, and all the details will be on on the um on online where you can give money okay well lastly i must just say our podcast supporter fitstairs has opened their london club in mayfair it will be a hive of sport uh, especially horse racing uh, with all races shown screened from monday to saturday membership is available um, do email club at fitzdares.com to find out more. A London club in Mayfair, gents, that sounds up your street. So what well, about that, Well, it looks George? very smart. I haven't been yet. I'm actually having a drinks party there for some owners um, um, later in the month, so I'll go and check it out. But um, it's going to be a fantastic place to take friends, to watch, watch all the sports, and um, it's very well situated for the London, the London mob. So um, very good move by them, and I'm looking to take advantage of it. I mean, anything where I can go and drink and watch sport has got to be a plus in my book. So, uh, so yeah, we'll be we'll be popping over there, and and I think a, a great place to do stuff like what George is doing. Um, and um, we'll probably do something at some point, maybe maybe early next year once my child has grown up slightly and I'm not quite so much under the thumb, as they say. He's on his way to do the shopping. We've been told, so it is time to finish. We'll be back in a few weeks for episode eight. Until then, thanks once more to our partners, Fitstairs. Thanks to Carl Homer from Cambridge TV for sound and production. And thank you all for listening. Goodbye.